This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. <laughs> well, you remember to say something, Joe. Second time lucky. <laughs> so proud of you. So proud of you. Uh, sorry, listeners, I mucked it up the first time round, but luckily you're not privy to that nonsense. So yeah, welcome. Hello. Hope you're all well, property jammers. Um, we've decided that we're just going to free flow today. We're going to jam in true property jam style. Because we were talking just before we press record and there was a whole bunch of stuff that came up. Everything from like having lots of JV partners in a deal to have you ever retained anything from a house? Like when you've bought it and thought, oh, I love that. <laughs> That's actually quite handy or a memento or a trinket. So, yeah, we kind of jumped all over. The house. We've also talked about Lego and trading in Lego because That's yeah. a thing. So this is going to be a hodgepodge of stuff. It's a thing. You've discovered it's a thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I've had a bit of a mad week with like, you know, family and illness and stuff, which has kind of made me grateful to be in property and been a big fat reminder of passive income again. So there's there's heaps we can talk about. Where should we start, boys? Where should we start? Shall we start with the, the what have you tried to retain? You know, you buy a house and it comes with some stuff in it. Uh, what's the weirdest and wonderful thing that you bought by accident? Bought by accident? Well, as in you didn't expect it to be in the, the property when, when it arrived. Or when the when you completed on the property. When it completed, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Just a, a house turning up at your front door. <laughs> no, this is, this is, this is not uh, America or Australia or wherever they do that. Oh, that's right, yeah. They deliver um, houses on lorries. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? But here's your home. A moving house. I actually saw there was a, there is a town in America that ha, it was a mining town. Yeah, I, I saw this on TV last week, and the, the 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 land is actually starting to fall into the mine. So they're moving the houses from around it so that they don't fall in. Oh wow, that's the benefit of being able to to transport your houses. You can literally you save them. Yeah. I tell you what, Stoke and Trent could do with having some of its houses liftable and shiftable because many of them have fallen into sinkholes, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, because of all the mines underneath. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Stoke and Trent's notorious for for sinkholes. It's um for, for disappearing houses. For disappearing houses or gardens and all sorts. So yeah, it's um because of all the mining that used to go on. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a risky place to to invest so your surveys just are are essential for them um have you only uh, had have you, have you ever, ever had any houses to disappear on you no because i don't invest no. there do i okay. but um yeah it's never never happened but one of the reasons i got because i did appraise um when i was looking to get into hmos i did appraise stoke on trent and yeah i'd heard all these horror stories on local landlord forums um and spoke to loads of estate agents as well and it's like legit a thing so yeah mm. uh, houses. okay exactly. so what was it what was in one of them that um that you kept or didn't keep or okay difficult so to dispose of? I'd, one thing that i was so tempted to keep uh, i might have mentioned this on the podcast before was like a doll's head 
So I think what? this this was a, a a former student house. So this is one of the Lincoln um, projects. So I went in and there was just like this doll, like this massive, massive head of a doll with huge staring eyes. And I think they must have been a studying hairdressing or something like that because it had hair and it, you know, do you know what I mean? But it looked, you know, it's just the head and it just rests and you can do different things with it. Like you can style it, you can do all this sort of stuff. So it's it, more like a mannequin head rather than like yeah. a doll's head. And I think some of us are thinking horror movies here. No, no, you are absolutely right to think horror movie. It was fucking terrifying. It just sat there with it staring at and it, every time you moved around the room, it just followed me and my builder around and we were like, oh, it's creepy. Then I was like, it'd be quite funny to keep that, but I didn't. But what I did keep... um there was a whole box of Christmas decorations and anyone who knows me knows how obsessed with Christmas I am, especially Christmas decorations. So I, there was a bunch of tinsel, which I got rid of, but there was this whole box of really awesome ornaments. So I took that. I thought that was quite cool. Nice. And where is that box now? Yeah, that's in, that's in the shed with all my other Christmas decorations. So I did return. Oh, it joined, the, it joined and made some friends. It made some friends. It's got some, some neighbors now, some buddies. So, yeah, some of it was a bit tatty, a bit crap. Like there was this weird silver flower thing that didn't quite work. So I got rid of that. But, yeah, generally speaking, um, I think I pick up a trinket from each of them. Actually, it's just occurred to me. That's just what I do. I pick up at least one thing. Uh, I picked up a bit of brick from one. I don't know why. A bit of brick? Yeah. Okay. Is that weird? Do you not do yes. this? Yes. Weird. <laughs> well, it's like when I, when, if I've ever moved out of a property or... Yeah, I always say goodbye to it. I touch it and hug yeah, it. Yeah, the, 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 I think the collection, collecting of mementos, <laughs> kind of moves to your kind of serial killer tendencies. It's a bit serial killer, isn't it? Yeah, you're going to go around and every house you buy or sell, you're just going to notch a bit of brick off the wall. No, I didn't chip it off the wall. Yeah, it was on the wall. Turn up with my hammer and chisel. <laughs> I'll have a bit of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Yeah, no, I do. I just, I, I will pick up like something um yeah well a friend of mine he picked up some you know those austrian beer jugs recently they were an old lady had died in the house that he'd purchased mm -hmm. and um those austrian but my nan used to have these that you know the ones with the they're, they're ceramic but they've got the metal lid like a dome lid and he he, he saved those because he thought oh. they were quite cool so i think the danger with that approach though is you could end up with just a house full of tat at the end I, yeah i'm always intrigued though when when we like you buy a house and you've got a garage or a shed that's full of stuff and you just get someone to come in and clear it i'd always think there could be some trinkets in there there could be like i don't know a suitcase full of money or <laughs> something hidden yeah. in that in that and shed uh, that you, you'll be the last person to find out about it if your builder's clearing it out for you yeah 100%. 100%, yeah um, the uh, well, I was going to say, I remember we, we cleared out a garage in, in Warrington and there was really interesting stuff in it. It's like the guy that used to live there or the previous landlord used to run festivals or something in the 70s. So they had all these banners and stuff, like old woods with things painted on it anyway. Um, and there was actually, was, I was mentoring someone down in Devon a few weeks ago and we went to view a bungalow which was up for auction now the whole bungalow needed was needed condemning and knocking down but someone had been living in it up to about six months previously and i've never walked into a property where we were to get into the lounge you had to step up onto 
all of the magazines and newspapers that are on the floor. <laughs> no way. There are about a foot or two feet of, of um, magazines on the floor. And that gives you an idea of everything else that was around. Wow. Looking at all the trinkets, on there, everything around. And you go into the bedroom, there was a mountain of clothes. When I say a mountain of clothes, imagine you're in a, yeah, you're in a normal size bedroom yeah. in a bungalow. So it's a decent size. And then imagine you just start throwing your clothes into the corner and you just keep doing it oh my God. until um, the clothes, the pile of clothes is about as high as me. Um, and then, and, and then it was just, um, what do you call it? It was kind of coming down towards the middle of the room. Wow. So there must've been hundreds upon hundreds of jumpers, t-shirts, trousers, and it kind of went around like a, like a, uh, like a flowing lava mountain there's not like a flow of lava melt or, or like um, a sand dune of clothes oh. going around and he had and he said had loads of shirts um hung up as well in like two or three racks of clothes um and what else was in there yeah the kitchen was condemned you couldn't really go in it the the um auctioneer would put signs up everywhere saying don't stand here don't stand there oh. um it, but it was just amazing to think that someone had lived in this house in about six months prior um yeah that's so, so you, didn't, really. you didn't you didn't take any of the clothes just think oh nice shirt i love that uh no but the person buying it is buying it um warts and all and i did wonder whether there could be some trinkets in there that um, makes the house worth buying you know those shows where you just go and buy you know bid at auction for those empty yeah all, locked um the containers yeah. yeah containers and you go right oh i'm gonna bid like five grand for that one because i think there's going to be lots of good valuable stuff in it so you could could have very much done that with this house there could have been thousands upon thousands of stuff or pounds worth of stuff or it could have all been for the bonfire yeah but the the length of time it would take you to go through that entire house (laughs) and siphon through everything and all the dead mice that's under all those clothes and everything (laughs) I, i don't think it's worth it to be fair for a little trinket now or a trinket here and there that you might find unless you can do a Dell boy and find the uh, find the watch <laughs> find the watch if, the problem is because removal costs are quite hefty at the moment like it costs a lot of yeah. money to kind of clear out a house so yeah yeah, yeah so you just t- you just tell the um uh, you get someone who comes and say you take it all away you can have it for free yeah uh, like an antiques company or someone they'll quickly tell you whether there's anything of value there whether it's worth their while that's a good point. I've had that happen before. So, um, yeah, my builder was um, something he wanted. I can't remember what it was. It was a bit of, uh, it was a, a, a unit, like a, uh, yeah, it was like a unit. It was a, a 1950 sideboard. That was what it was. It was a 1950 sideboard. He's like, oh, do you mind if I take that? I was like, yeah, sure. There was another project we did and there was a really old fashioned like coal burner. That was really cool. And it would, he's like, oh, I'll be able to flog that for like 600 quid. I'm like, yeah, take it. Because the thing is like, that stuff for me is just extra faff on top of the project. So I'm just like, yeah, if that, you do it. So yeah, he took yeah. that. Um, yeah. In, in their current project down in Portsmouth, they started stripping the walls apart and um, yeah. taking the plasterboard off and everything to come back to brick. And when they took the plasterboard off the old chimney stack, they found that there was an old black uh, auger in the in the chimney wow that's cool and we my my we had in the house i grew up in uh, or that i was born in i didn't grow up there but um there were we had one that was in that house it was really really old 
Um, and this is identical to that, just a smaller version. Yeah. Yeah, they're really cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So what happened with it? What did you do? It's still there. We haven't, uh, we haven't, we're waiting for planning permission to come through. So we're just doing the rip out and stuff in preparation for that. Sure. Um, so yeah, nothing's been done with it yet, but I'm sure maybe within the interior design of the house, because I don't know how strong or sturdy it is, because if we take it out from its current location, it could just fall apart. Yeah, the whole house is resting on this blooming Arga. Like. Yeah, I think this Arga might be leaving. <laughs> yeah. So. Turning up in uh, Lewisham. <laughs> is it nice? Is it like a it's really lovely. nice? It's lovely. It's really uh, nice. Yeah, I, I quite like it. I like it. It'd be, be a nice little feature somewhere in some house just sometimes <laughs> yeah some some yeah, they're just boxing an arga it's yeah. odd but yeah no, i bought a house up in warrington where it came with a mangle oh oh so they scare me down in the basement yeah so in the basement there was this old really old mangle for anyone who are younger listeners who don't know what a mangle is uh, <laughs> to be fair, we shouldn't really know what a mangle is We've, we've the washing machines have existed our entire lifetime like. <laughs> that, that is true but yeah we, we learned about the the uh, yesteryears and uh yeah no, a mangle is obviously where you obviously it's where you squeeze the water out of clothes um with having two rollers okay here's the thing with a mangle and do you get this as well you know when you stand at the edge of a platform and you know it's wrong to kind of like jump right but you, there's always that feeling okay like, no, but you know how people. Where just are you going like, with this? Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, when someone says "don't do something," like "don't press the red button" or you know, "don't stand too close to the like," there's something sick in a human head that goes, "What if? What if? What if?" With a mangle, it's like putting my fingers through it. I have the same thing. I'm like, I don't, you're not supposed to put your fingers through a mangle because it will mangle your fingers. But I'm all like, oh, like I'm just like, I mean, they, 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 they tell me it will mangle my fingers, but will it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just hearsay at this point like well, it's yeah. just like it's like okay what if I, what if i drove over my foot would it really hurt I, yeah i have thought of that yeah it's like that you, the thing you're not supposed to do your brain suddenly goes oh <laughs> like what if i did and if i'm near a mangle which is very rare i can't say this happened a lot <laughs> when was when was the last time you were an extra mangle jay i think it was at my nan's house i think my nan had a mangle yeah and it was all like put your finger in it put your finger. you mustn't put your finger in it but i shouldn't but you could like it's just so man, did, did yours have a posher what's a posher a what a posher what's that what the, what the hell's a posher it is part of the the, the the stuff that you need to do the washing in the victorian days um it's like a handless like a spade but the top of a spade with a handle and at the bottom it's it's uh I'm trying to think of it. it's like a cone it's conical at the bottom okay. i'm googling this i don't know what and then you and then you about. um go up and down with it it's a posher it gets the s-h-e-r yeah yeah i think so i'm just googling this now to make sure i've got this right i think you're making the whole thing up i've never heard of it and it hasn't come up either posher would it not be a pusher instead of a posher <laughs> hang on i don't know why but in your accent it sounds twice as funny <laughs> What, what do you mean because of my accent? I don't have an accent. Yeah, no, it, is a po- it, it is a posher. Is it? But you have to Google like posher washing. It's an old vintage washing dolly posher. No, but you, you spell it P-O-S-S-E-R. Posser. 
Well, some people call it a posse. Some people call it a posher. Well, I have never heard of either, so bear with me. Um, it says Wikipedia, a posse, a ponch, or a washing dolly was historically a tool used for possing laundry by pumping the posse up and down. I've heard of it. I've heard it called a dolly. I've never heard it called a posser. Posher? Posser? Posser. Posser? Posher. Yeah. So you have a posher to, to help you with the washing, uh-huh. to push the washing, the, the <clears throat> posh pusher. So that's basically your 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 uh, washing cycle. That's your washing cycle, and then um, you, you 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 squidge it through the mangle. Um, that's your dry cleaning. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and then he's got washboards. Remember where they used to kind of try and get a stain out, and they would literally just rub it up and down. This sort of. Basically, yes, that's not getting a stain out. That's removing the, make, making a hole in the. Uh, <laughs> the fabric. In the fabric, yeah. <laughs> Wearing it, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take that. Yeah, I'm just gonna take a layer off. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? I mean, when the washing machine must have come along, what a time saver! I think everyone just must have been like this miracle machine. I always think that it's such a well, time kinda, saver. It, it is a the, time the, saver. the very first ones, I don't think that they were necessarily time saving because you have to stand with them. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember we it. had they had um, what's, what's it called a twin tub washing machine that my mum used to have when we were kids and she had to stand with it there, Mr. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in in New Zealand they have um the top loading ones not the front loading ones that so, was, that's what we had yeah but can I just say though does that not make more sense I think top loading because the whole bending down and putting it in that way it's like having an oven that's a, sort of like you know not bending down or a fridge it's like having i don't think you can get as much in a top loader can you i think you can i thought the barrels were bigger Mm. oh this is a really intriguing conversation but it really isn't (laughs) well it's kind Um, of related (laughs) it's appliances every property has a washing machine yes well interestingly enough uh we've got one house whereby we built the utility room or should I say the utility room ended up being a little bit smaller than it was supposed to be through structural changes that had to be made, which meant that the space for the washing machine wasn't big enough to fit a washing machine. So oh. the only thing which was small enough to get in there was a top loading washing machine. So we actually do have a top loader in Dancing in the Moonlight. Um, I was just in... thinking the same thing. Oh my God. <laughs> in in uh, one of our properties which is an eight but eight bed hmo and it's broken down once in five years okay so that's been replaced once so far decent, decent. getting a replacement top loader is is tricky yeah because also with that even if you wanted to you can because i've had it in properties where i've stacked stuff yeah you know where you get the stack i learned all about stackers for the first time when i got into yeah. property i didn't know about stackers and then yeah you can't, stacking trays you can't, yeah that's it packing mats and they're, yeah. they're fiddly fiddly but yeah i didn't know about that so you couldn't do that with a top so i suppose it's yeah what wow. if, what, what if you took, took the top loader and just put it on its side instead i'm sure I, I don't know for sure, but I have I'll tell a you feeling. what, why don't you try it yeah, you and just let it. us know what happens? We just buy an old washing machine, right? Yeah. 
but I do get annoyed with having to sort of like reach down and load from the front I do think sometimes I'm just like I can see the logic of a top loader I can yeah so <laughs> stop it stop it behave <laughs> oh stop it <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, back to property, shall we? Um... Back to property. I tell you what, I've got something in, in, in one of mine at the moment, which is a an old, like, honky-tonk piano. And I, nice. I, yeah, it's great. But, I mean, the keys are a bit chipped and damaged. And, yeah, it can be sort of... It probably should be um, donated somewhere. Recycled? Recycled somewhere, yeah. But um, oh, I, don't, I don't think I could dispose of it. Have you had it? For a while, or is it in a new house you've just bought? It's a, it's in my latest project, and I don't know what to do with it because it's just sat there whilst we're doing stuff around it. Because I, I just have find a find a local piano restorer and ask them whether it's worth anything for them to restore if they wanted to come and take it. Mm, yeah, do you know? Um, um, remember Ben Nichols who came on? Who, yes. Yes, who uh, was all about? Um, well. Uh, invest in Grimsby also but um, uh, yeah wants to do children's homes and all that cool kind of stuff and name them after trees he actually came to site and played on it and it was so out of tune you wouldn't believe it it was just was just there was there wasn't a semblance of a song when he was playing it it was absolutely fantastic but I've he said oh you could probably free cycle it there's and he gave me sort of a couple of pointers but he said it's probably not worth more than 50 quid in its current state and I was just like but there's something about destroying a musical instrument and I don't know if you must feel the same Matt because they're just hmm. it, especially a piano there's just something so beautiful about pianos even if just as a standalone piece of furniture even if they don't get used that it just feels I, I'm not I'm not so sure about that I think if, if there's a piano it should be usable if yeah. you've got a honky tonk piano, which isn't worth very much, if you are going to destroy it, I think it needs to be destroyed in an, an epic way. <laughs> what, like rock being, star? Being pushed off a balcony of, of <laughs> some high rise. We'd actually always take it around to Niall's house and we'll throw it up <laughs> Niall's balcony and see what happens. I'll kill somebody, <laughs> is what I'll do. Like, <laughs> also, it's fine. Just... I'll get blamed for it, Joe. You'll be fine. <laughs> true yeah I'll just I'll totally point the finger at you but there's also the logistics of getting it from Grimsby to Lewisham I, I'm you know yeah um, well speaking of pianos obviously there are people that, that are specialists in moving them and you probably spend a good five six hundred quid in moving it from yeah. uh yeah from wherever you are to Lewisham Grimsby to just Lewisham. to throw it up in my balcony just throw it up your balcony yeah it has to be a really good piece of marketing for Property Jam I don't think that's I don't think that's really uh, going to get you a really good return on your investment, Joe. I don't think so either. I might just say to Ian, I might just my builder, I might just sort of say, do something with it, but just don't tell me about it. You know, when you like, you know, you um, mm -hmm. you uh, inst you what's the word? You commission an assassination. You know, we've all done that. Um, yeah. You know, you just say, just I, the less I know, the better. Just, just, just do what you need to do. Yeah. Here's here's an interesting question, right? This is based on a true story. Uh, Let's say you're a landlord of a flat. Uh, and your tenant says to you. Well, the tenant's already signed up and they're moving in. The tenant says to you, my grand piano is too big to go around the corner and up the stairs into the flat. Would you mind if I took the windows out of the top floor and 
um, craned it in through the through the window, and then I'll pay to have the have it craned back out again when I move out, and I'll get a professional person to keep the windows um, and take them out and put back in again. What would you say to that? So they're picking up the whole cost of that, right? Correct. I would oh. be okay with that. Because if, if they're going to that much trouble to get their piano into the flat in the first place, they're not going to be leaving in any hurry for a start. Um, and you can dictate who takes in and out the window so that it's done properly and make sure that they're sealed properly again. So I wouldn't have any problem with that. You could do like a schedule of condition, couldn't you? Like yeah. You could just, yeah. The alternative is this grand piano um, <laughs> stays upright in the corridor between the flats because there's nowhere else for it to go. Right. But why would someone have taken on a flat <laughs> that they can't get the knowing they've got a grand piano and not being able to get it into it? Well, this is one of my friends from school who actually did this. He was the uh, the pianist in um, question, and uh, who did actually rent a space in Northwest London. Couldn't get his piano up the stairs, and then asked the landlord whether he could put, take out the window, hire a crane, and crane it in through the window. And, and um, he, he he managed to say yes. He managed to get it in. And uh, and out again. He must have been there for a decent amount of time, though. Probably a good. I was going to say that's the three, thing, four years. I'd have thought it would have yeah. to depend on the tenancy duration, like because and especially doing something like that in London, that's going to cost an absolute fortune. Absolutely, because you're going to be stopping traffic, like literally. But it's a piano. It's your baby. If yeah. you're, yeah, you know, he, he probably got this when he was what twenty five. For a grand way, piano, though? the age of no, well, I don't know what it was. A bit of Yamaha potentially, but he, yeah, you know, if you buy a grand piano in your mid to mid to late 20s, it's your baby, yeah, and you spend asset. the money to move it to make sure yeah. that it survives, yeah, because that's probably worth a good 10, 15, 20,000 pounds, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's like looking after your, I think, anyone who's not a musician, it's like looking after a car, yeah. So, if you've gone and maybe not spent 20 grand on a car because that's not an expensive car, but you go spend 100 grand on a car, you're going to make sure it's kept in a garage Housed. Mm. yeah you're going to make sure that it gets washed every you know yeah quite often so it doesn't <laughs> get scratches on it not well a lot more often than that i wash our car so <laughs> yeah i'm still trying yeah. to get that bird shit off the top <laughs> i think in that situation if i was the landlord i'd i would say yes part of the reason for that though is because um we do this podcast called Property Jam. I don't know if you've heard of it. And stuff like that is great podcast fodder. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with looking after your housemates or your tenants and their well-being and making sure that they're happy and they're with their <laughs> grand piano. It's all no. about Property Jam. No, it's, it's all about Property Jam. That's why... Um, so the inhumane side of property. Yeah, the inhumane side. I love that. That's maybe that we should re we should change our strap line because it's uh, it's all about that. Yeah. In fact, talking of that, I've got some podcast worthy news. So I was speaking to Harry, a uh, letting agent, um, who again, friend of the podcast, he's been on. And uh, he said that he <laughs> he's had a bit of an interesting uh, experience recently where there was a van parked over uh, a property that he was managing. And um, yeah, the owner ends up coming out and sort of basically picking a massive fight with him and had him up against the wall and all sorts. And now he's, uh, yeah, he's having to, to report him. He's had to file a report against this guy. I was like, wow. He's like, I'm only telling you this because you're probably going to mention it on the podcast. I'm like, hell yes, I will. <laughs> so, 
So hang on, I'm, I'm, a I'm confused a bit. So say, um, whose house are we at? Uh, it's a house that he's managing, and I think he's managing a refurb. And in order to get a skip to the house, to, to like get rid of all of the stuff yeah. that we've just been talking about, this guy's van, which was an old, like, clapped out, probably didn't even have an engine, was parked across the driveway. And it was the only place you could have it on the street. You could only have it on the driveway. So, Whose um, van? Who, who's I van? think it's like a neighbour or, or, or somebody. There's a neighbour's van that was, yeah, yeah, was somebody, parked. Yeah. Somebody locally was parked, which meant like over the drive to the point at which you couldn't get a skip on it. Yeah. And so then he asked him politely to move it and the guy just kicked off and it got almost to fisticuffs. So, yeah. Oh, now I get it. I just thought someone might have parked in the wrong place. and That's exactly what I thought, Jay. Oh, I'm not sorry. explaining yourself very well these days. Sorry, I got, yeah, I'm just all over the shop. But yeah, in my brain, it made complete sense. But yeah, so he phoned me and told me about this. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, so drama kicks off. Yeah, he's had it all sorts where, you know, he's got into fights with people where they've just been really, really difficult and they pretended to like, fall down the stairs and then accuse him of pushing them and he's had really he's got he's got that kind of face though <laughs> i'll tell him you said that <laughs> well if he's listening <laughs> he is a regular tuna inner so tuna inner we at least not tuna dinner a tuna inner not a property jammer a tuna inner <laughs> yes but, um, um yeah no i um people are very precious of their parking spots yeah, uh, I know this living on a, a road where um, you have to, it's a parking permit, but you still got to find a space with the parking permit. So if you can't get your space outside the house, you get like, oh, oh I've got to go and like park a two minute walk away now. I'm sorry. I, I, okay, this is, I don't get impatient about a lot of things, but this I get impatient about. My parents are the same. That if they're, they're, there's no parking restrictions on their street. So it's any, it's fair game the parking yeah. spot outside the house and they've lived at this address for maybe nearly 50 years right and mm. they will get so annoyed if anyone has the audacity to park outside their house even though it's not technically their parking spot it's not designated yeah. yet so when we get when we drive if i've ever driven back with them we pull into the cul-de-sac and they'll just be like oh someone's parked outside the house and they kick off and then they literally have to park like 30 seconds on the opposite side of the street and then we'll hear about it for the rest of the evening i'm sorry my ex was the same he one of the reasons we bought our old flat was because it was free parking on the street and he could park outside the house and god forbid we ever drove home and you couldn't park outside he'd kick off i mean yeah. i'm sorry people well here's um well i remember my my brother-in-law had a similar issue with a he, he regularly buys and sells houses he lives in does them up and flips them on does quite well for himself um he were he's got a van because he's also in, he's a trade a tradie uh so he's got a van he would park and they bought this house he parked outside um his house and then and i, th I think he, he must have parked outside the neighbor's house once and she started kicking off um again a free-for-all street you can park anywhere mm. um but um, yeah, again, just getting in fisticuffs because someone parked outside her house, even though there were plenty of other spaces um, anywhere else. Um, so, so he started doing silly things like, um, like parking maybe a little bit out in front oh, of her drive and this, 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 this curtain twitchy <laughs> suburban nonsense. I can't be dealing with it. Like, yeah, I, I you, you just kind of do, do those little things just to just to yeah piss them off just a little <laughs> bit. You know, you know that, but that they can't do much about. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I think that they, they he, he sold that one now. It's like two houses ago, but uh, yeah. When when I was in uni, um, I had a similar situation where uh, we parked our cars at the back of the houses. There was no parking space at the front, um, and it was that like that. It was a free for all. So you just wherever you found a space, you got parked. Um, but there was one time I parked up, and it was there was a footpath between my car and the gate going into the back garden of the house that it was parked in front of, or well, actually behind. And the guy that lived in that house did not want me parking there because it would have been an inconvenience for him when he came out of his garden gate for there to be a car parked outside his house. Oh wow! Yeah, and he, I was quite. Well, tell me not to do something. It's the one thing I'm going to do, like we, we talked about this. earlier. Um, so um, I wouldn't move the car. And when I came out <laughs> to go to uni the following day, my wing mirror was sitting on my bump on my bonnet. Oh, my God, that's vandalism. Vandalism. But obviously there was no, no, no proof, cameras, no cameras. No proof. It hadn't, there were no scratches on it. It hadn't fallen off or the, the door wasn't scratched or dented or anything. It was just sitting quite nicely on my on it <laughs> and I, continued, like done... I continued to park there just to keep it yes. <laughs> it's just it's almost like he, he did it and then instantly regretted it because if he did it and didn't regret it he just left it on the floor but right. it's like he's picked it up and gone yeah i probably shouldn't have done that yes yeah, so- sorry which is <laughs> why he, which is why he didn't didn't didn't, didn't do the other one yeah we could have taken it he could have taken it like could have yeah, taken it with him yeah. but uh binned yeah. it somewhere <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. Holding on to the evidence, though. Yeah, yeah, but not if you'd dispose of it. So what what you could have done in that situation, not saying I would, I would. If, if, if I was that vicious and petty, but I'd have ripped been. it off and I would have walked down the street like, and I would have, you know, a good mile away and I'd have dumped it in a bin <laughs> and wiped it clean first so there was no evidence. Of my obviously, obviously. Oh, you'd, be, you'd be watching CSI. Totally, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, strange. People even put their wheelie bins and cones out and all sorts. And my parents, they put wheelie bins out. They put wheelie bins and no one will park there. I'm like, it's not yours to fucking do. Like, what are you doing? It's just ridiculous. Oh, here's a question. I got a question for you. So what would you do if you found something in a house that you've bought, so you've completed on it, and you found something highly valuable? So like a piece of, now, when I say highly valuable, cash, mm, all right, you probably pocket it. If it was a piece of jewellery where there's a sentimentality attached to it, what would you do? Like a ring or something? Well, if, uh, you're buying, if, you, if you've bought a house, including all the contents, then it belongs to you. It does, but let's. this is where your conscious kicks in. Because for me, so this happens again, the guy who bought the house... Not, necess- not necessarily belongs to you. It depends how the contract is worded. Because they may, they may have specified the specific chattels that is included. Or they may have just said everything that's there that's left there on the day of completion. So yeah, that's on the T form. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, I'm just being pedantic there. Yeah, but I think the thing is right. Let's just say everything's included as part of the purchase, right? Yeah. And you found what looks like some old-fashioned jewelry, okay? Um, and so this this guy that I'm talking about who retained the Austrian beer mugs he also found jewelry and he phoned me and he was like what should I do with it and I was like if that was me I would probably say to the seller by the way some old jewelry was found you know is it is it family jewelry I think I would would you not 
Mm, yeah, I, I think it really depends on the situation. Um, because it, yeah, it, it's not it's not a simple thing. It depends where it was. I think if it was obviously sentimental. Well, what's obviously sentimental? Sentimental is not obvious, is it? Because it's personal. It's, a, it's subjective. Yeah, but if they were selling the property, right, you would have assumed that they would have time to go through with the house. Not necessarily. Take what they want, throw out what they don't want, um, or just sell it as is and just... But you know how, like, some people just assume, oh, I don't want any of those ornaments on the on the windowsill, right? And then you open up an ornament and there's something in there. Like, if it's... I think it was that kind of situation where, you know, it was just that... inside tat, you know? If, if they'd actively said, I don't want that, I'd have been like, yeah, that's... They don't want it. They obviously know what's in it. Mm, I think if it was jewellery, I'd do it. Because jewellery... So, for example, I've, I've just taken on my nan's rings because they got lost in a loft somewhere. Um, and I, the idea of like her house being sold and knowing that I'd missed the rings or forgotten about the rings is quite high amongst all this other stuff that would have been got rid of. Mm -hmm. If somebody just sort of said, oh, well, is this of value to you? If not, just let me know and we'll, we'll dispose of it. I just feel like with jewellery, because jewellery is a thing that passes through families, it's quite an easy thing to miss because it's small especially if it's inside something and they just didn't know about it, I would probably draw it to the seller's attention, I think. Uh, particularly if it's like a probate sale or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? Used to are like, nah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, maybe, it's, maybe it's a different mindset, you know. It's, I, I don't wear jewellery. I, I think, yeah, I think it's very specific to the situation. Well, I, I don't think it's just a blanket approach saying, oh, no, I wouldn't, or yes, I would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... There's more. There's more. There are more factors to take into account than just finding something and handing it over. But you wouldn't mm. ever not like you would take into consideration like factors. You wouldn't just have a blanket no policy. No. Yeah. Exactly. There wouldn't be a blanket no approach. Yeah. But I would say I would probably. It's more likely that I would say nothing than to actually make them aware of it. I would think. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I think even, so. Even with like jewelry, like even with jewelry. Depends how helpful they've been in the sale as well. God, uh, you can't base it on there. The corporation levels determines whether they get family jewelry or not. Well, well, you, you know, some vendors turn out to be complete arseholes be, along, yeah. along, along the way. So it's like, well, yeah, but, but there's an element of karma. So uh, yeah, it, it would, it would, uh, it would be a considered, a considered decision. It's compensation for their bad behaviour. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I love it. Love it. I love it. Well, like, clearly, I'm just a better human being than both of you. Quite probably. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> oh, this is such a great conversation. It's so silly, but it is true. You do find all sorts of crap. Don't you? Oh, kitchens. Oh my god. Like you like frying pans that have got like twenty years worth of like cooking grease on them, and you're like, or rust, and you're like, ah. tasty, tasty. Oh. Think of it's just like uh, when I was uh, traveling in Thailand and I was hearing about local customs. You know, the you know, those the, the street vendors don't clean their pans because it's the flavor of the pan that provides the uh, the flavor of your of your pad thai or whatever it is you're having. So they don't do a proper scrub with fairy liquid. Yeah, it's the same in France, France and Spain. Yeah. That you just keep the, the the residual fat on the on the pan. But I think, yeah, that's not. Definitely. I don't think that that's not quite the same as layers of cooking oil large large yeah from fried <sighs> bacon and cheap sausages large just makes me cringe getting really hungry good. now oh stop it actually i've not had lunch either i'm quite hungry yeah. 
Um, so yeah, okay. Well, I so it's not a finders keepers necessarily. It's a finders dependers. Finders dependers. <laughs> finders it dependers. <laughs> is that a word? It's not a word, is it? No, the finders keepers. Well, well, is yeah. Possession is uh, what, nine, nine tenths, tenths of the law. <laughs> yeah. Even me, I don't even know what that means. That saying. No, no, do I. I've, I've, I've been thinking about thing. that. I've been thinking about that recently, though, because well, well, it kind of is, though, because we've got this thing at the moment where uh, we've got a neighbour. You know, there's a right of way over a plot of land that um, that he owns, and we own the property next to it and the right of way, and he's claiming that the the property that because no one's used that right of way in 20 years and he can document it because he's had a cctv up there for 20 years since he's lived in that house that he can then claim the right of way back which i think is a load of nonsense um but what if he decides to uh knock the wall down and gate everything off um he's then possession literally there is nine ten he could, like he could it's his garden so he could literally pave over it or put some grass down um, and he's uh, got rid of that particular alleyway just by just by taking it back. Mm. But isn't that that's trespassing or squatting? No, it's his land. Mm. Not the not the right of way. The right of way isn't his land. Yeah, it is his land. It's a right of way over his land. So it's it's uh, a lot more complicated than just who who owns what. So possession at the moment we have possession of that and use of that space because it's marked out as a as a path but if he was to choose and just to knock it down and get a build around uh, or even do it himself he could relay it out and then um then we've got a more it's more of a problem to put the wall back up again <laughs> it just seems yeah I, I don't understand that mindset to be honest because what they're gaining is literally what not even three feet wide no so what what's the benefit well how does that benefit them in any way shape or form people are weird oh, but but, it, but it's um it's people 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 get caught up with little things like getting the space outside their house and they think it's the end of the world if oh they don't God. get the space outside their house this person's obviously had their eye on this for 20 years they're yeah. not going to let it go in a hurry just because someone says oh you can't do that anymore they, they're deliberately yeah. gone a specific way because that's the, the, their intended outcome whether they whether it's right or wrong and people get these little things in their head that aren't necessarily true I can tell it, you yeah that's is. true don't sweat the small stuff but it's the small stuff but the, so here's here's the thing right so i i was um a friend of the family um she she's 91 and there's a patch of land at the back of her property that is uh, adjoined by her property and the neighbouring property, but it's owned by the water board historically. And it's only 10 foot. It's this tiny little patch of land. And basically the property next door is being bought by a developer to smash it down and build some flats. And she's like, I don't want them having that land. That land is mine. And it's this tiny little square, right? And I'm like, well, they probably don't want it anyway because I can't do a lot with it. And she said, the water board have quoted me £28,000 for this plot of land. And based on the market at the moment, I said, well, they're probably not far off, but get a land survey just to appraise it and give you an independent quote and see if that's true. And she's like, oh, okay. She is willing to pay 28 grand for this 10 little 10 foot bit of land just because she doesn't want anybody else grabbing it I said what are you going to use it for and she said oh I don't know like I might just um 
I might just potter around on it. It's just nice to have, isn't it? And I was like, Is it? Yeah, but she's 91. You're not going to reason with her because it's she'll pay whatever she thinks it's worth because it's worth something to her. I can't, I, she was asking about the process and I was like, well, I can tell you about that, but I can't tell you whether you should or not because only you can decide if it means something to you. But she's stuck on it. She's absolutely, and she uses it as a bit of a, the way it, it is, like she uses it a bit of a turning circle to help her car turn around down this driveway. And I was like, okay, do you know what? If you want to pay 28 grand for a turning circle, and somewhere to wander around and, and promenade. Go for it, babe. I mean, <laughs> well, to be fair, maybe at ninety-one, that is quite an important thing to be able to actually still have her independence and drive. Well, without a doubt. And she's shrewd, this lady. She's shrewd. She was talking about getting sort of going in with the neighbour to like JV on it, and or or she could angel it, and she'll pay her a month. I'm like this girl. Yes. She's How's she going to afford? How come is this piece of land going to be income generating for her to be able to afford an angel? Oh, she'll just. She's, <laughs> you she's could graze a sheep on it. Oh no! Listen, she's crazy. Sheep on it. There's probably some weird, like, restriction or covenant on it. Like, it's probably some really crazy, like, you can't graze your sheep on this. Like, I probably wouldn't been... go for a sheep because they're very uh, difficult to look after. I'd probably go for something a bit easier, like a goat. Was a goat cool? A goat, yeah, goat would be up. Unless they eat a lot. I'll pass her on. But she's she's got so much money. You know how people at that age have just accumulated money over the years. Yeah. She could just it just go down from a probably under <clears throat> mattress under the bed or something like yeah. <clears throat> Bless her. So oh, yeah, dear. it was just it was so interesting because everyone's like, "Why is she bothering?" I'm like, you, "That you can't question that if people are just willing to pay whatever they are." It's you know, it's just yeah, illogical. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of things which are illogical, uh, it's now the end of our time together today. Such a random <laughs> episode. So that has been a very random episode. Now I've got to come up with a title to that, that encapsulates everything we've discussed. There was a little bit of property in there, uh, but oh. more relatable stories. Or uh, that other people may have have come across. In fact, we'd love to hear from you if you've encountered anything weird and wonderful in a property that you purchased. So please do send us uh, a message on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email to uh, propertyjampodcast@apple.com. Podcast. Yep, outlook.com. Um, so for now, it's a goodbye from me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on the next, next episode, episode.